0: I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace
1: Hello again, everyone. My name's Bill. I'm here with my partner, Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to another edition of Guardians of Grace. And uh, can't tell you what we're laughing about, but it is funny. <laughs> and this would be our second... Correct, Steve. Yeah, number. Correct, and we we had a few people saying, "How? Where was Mark on the first one when we were talking about our credentials?" According to First Corinthians two, about not many wise are chosen,
0: not many he chose the foolish, to the foolish. The wise. Yeah,
1: why didn't we have Mark?
0: Yeah. well, well, because he he's the smart one in the book bunch.
1: Turns out Mark he, actually is smart. Yeah, <laughs> unlike Steve and myself. He's an engineer, like, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Big-time, like, computer engineer. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Steve thought an engineer was the guy that drives a train, but it's actually a tech-savvy guy, is Mark.
0: Yep, and we wish he was here. Because the guy is
1: loaded with grace thoughts. Amen. uh, Amen. So he will be here. He's always going to be here with us, and he's... He's what makes it work, technically. He's the brains behind the scenes. He really is. So we thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Mark. And today, we, you know, brought up our qualifications last week, and uh, we were more than qualified according to 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. But today, we wanted to talk about something that we've noticed, and we want to discover... I don't know how to say it. Tell us if we're wrong. That you're just not seeing much grace preached. You're seeing a lot of grace breached, but not a lot of grace <laughs> preached. Yeah, yeah, and, breached. That's good. And when I say that, it's not like I, I mean there's not a lot of grace churches. But how do you spot a grace church Steve and I did an experiment on the Internet. We looked up yeah. Grace Churches. It's thousands, countless thousands all over the United States. They and love that how, name. The name is in so many churches. but Is the message there? And a lot of times it's not. It is there. There's, a, there's some. And we're not the only Grace <laughs> proclaimers out there. But there's not a lot and we, we desire to bring them together. Make us have a safe community. Community. a Guardians yeah. of
0: Grace community. Just for that purpose. And you know how iron sharpens iron. Everybody get together on the Facebook page and communicate with each other. And be guardians of grace, figure out what you can do for the grace message and have fun with each other.
1: So, what we want to accomplish today is while it's very true, you'll find a lot, a lot, a lot of churches with the name Grace in it in their title First Grace Church, Greater Grace Church, which there is an amazing Greater Grace Church that does preach grace. But a lot of First Grace, a lot of churches have that. have that name in it a lot of radio ministries have that name in it and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a grace ministry and we never call out people individuals churches radio shows tv shows we just don't do that but we do attack the message not not necessarily attack the message we break down the message and show you what is grace That's what we do. That's what we love to do. We want to show you what is grace. And we got a few key words today that we want to focus on. But right now, I'd like to let Steve kind of introduce how we're going to do it and get you a little taste of what grace is and what grace is not.
0: Yeah, yeah, because grace is much more than just the acronym, G-R-A-C-E, god's riches at christ's expense the gospel the gospel of the second covenant is much more than that and it is a gospel of the second covenant is what we're preaching it's not actually a grace revolution or anything where when it comes down to it what we're talking about and pointing to scriptures that are about the The gospel of the second coming, uh, the second covenant, the covenant that we as grace people live on. That's the covenant that we don't see much preaching about, is the covenant that we live under. And there are yes. plenty of, plenty of grace doctrines, grace doctrines upon grace doctrines. There's eternal doctrines. There's temporal doctrines, and plenty of them. We will see them when we study these epistles. In the coming months, you will see plenty of eternal doctrines and plenty of temporal doctrines. There's doctrines about our divine nature, and there's doctrines about our human nature, and the two natures that we have we are taught an enormous amount of revelation, revelation that we never knew, a mystery that was revealed to us. It was hidden for thousands of years, but only revealed through the prophet, the, the, the apostles. Mm-hmm. The idea of our two natures. We know, need to know about the, the idea of what it means to be under the law of Christ. What does that phrase mean? It's something that has to be ferreted out. It has to be unpackaged and expanded on because these phrases do have meaning and they shape the new covenant that we're under. They shape what we're, we're calling the grace message, but it's actually the new covenant gospel. We're shaping it. We're shaping the way our Christian worldview is. We are reshaping that. Not with something new, though. Just by pointing to scriptures in the Bible that's what we're doing. With that in mind, as we always do, we, we do want to point to some scriptures that will prove the point. We look forward to hearing about these scriptures. So with that in mind, go ahead, Bill,
1: tell what's on your heart. Okay, we have another warning from Galatians
0: about guarding Or standing firm. Something else to guard against, uh, other than the legalism that Paul was telling the Galatians to guard against. So adamantly, my word, did he come out and say it in no uncertain terms. Would they? I wish that rather than being legalists, they they would go ahead and emasculate themselves. That's how (laughs) how bad Paul wanted us to stand firm against such an idea as rebuilding the Ten Commandment mentality. Just please read Galatians chapter 5. Notice what stern words Paul was talking about, and he wasn't talking about repent from sin or anything like that. He was saying repent from your idea of human effort. In your own human strength, trying to obey the Ten Commandments system and live by it. He was saying, do not do that.
1: If you're, if some of these words sound unfamiliar to you, because we don't use them in everyday conversations, but words like flesh, a good definition for flesh as far as the New Covenant is concerned is substitute the word human effort. Or, or human a, nature. Human nature. Your very best effort Human strength and ability. And don't think always of flesh as the just debauchery and corrupt living. And living in the flesh is also a person trying as hard as they can to be a good person.
0: That's what we're zeroing in on. The person who's trying so hard to be a Christian and feeling so bad about themselves. We want to show you a new and living way. To blossom as a Christian. That's what we're about. We're not saying go ahead and sin all you want because you're under grace. That's not what we're saying at all. We're actually trying to give you, encapsulated in the grace message, a way to blossom as a Christian so that you're no longer ashamed of yourselves, but you're able to stand in the face of your friends having been a pretty exemplary Christian.
1: Yeah, it, it's really like someone asked me the other day a good question about, well, isn't, isn't shame a motivator? And it actually mm. is. Mm. In Genesis 1, he said, the day you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And they ate of the tree and they were ashamed. So there was a motivation there, but it's not the motivation that overcomes living a, a good life. It is a motivation that fails. It leads to nowhere. Paul did the, I don't understand what I do. I was. I don't do what I want to do, and I keep doing what I want to avoid. The effort was there, but it's not what we're talking about of overcoming things that you're embarrassed about. Paul in Romans 7 is trying very hard not to covet. Not to break that commandment about thou shalt not
0: covet. He's really giving it his all. He's being transparent, too. And he's failing. He's admitting utter failure. When we talk about
1: living in the flesh, that's what we're talking about. That's right. A person that is giving it their best. Yes. Giving it their all. Trying as hard as they can to live a Christian life and not having the ability to do
0: it. And that's a big part of what it means to live in the flesh. This one word that we're trying to bring out and unpack for you.
1: The flesh. And one way you can tell if you're living in the flesh, it's a word that's, we're going to give you about five or six examples of this word that's used in Paul's epistle, the writer of Hebrews' epistle, and even in Peter's epistle. And it's the word elementary principles. And in a minute, we'll get into what that word actually means. But look at this warning in Colossians two eight, I believe. Right, Steve? Yes, sir. See to it. Make sure. Some of them say, Do not allow anyone to take you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men. According to the, here's the word, elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And verse 9 is awesome, but we're going to have to put it on hold a minute now. Okay, so what does that mean, Steve? Don't let anyone take you captive. Just as an interesting side note, do you know what it means to be taken captive? It's like when someone robs an art museum. And they take a bunch of art. They call it booty or what they took captive. He's saying, don't let someone take you captive by philosophy. That's the love of of knowledge or love of wisdom. Empty deception, meaning what they're telling you produces nothing. It's empty. Empty promises.
0: Mm -hmm. According to the tradition of men... That's the problem we're having here in the 21st century, according to the tradition of men. Do you know Jesus said
1: the traditions of men keep you from understanding, understanding the word of God? Yep. Uh, How does the Mark verse 7, go? Mark seven, eleven, and twelve. Yeah. yeah.
0: How does the verse actually go? That the tradition of men have made the word of God of no avail. Your
1: traditions traditions have made the word of God of no value to you, of no avail, have rendered the word of God null and void. Meaning when you're taken captive by the traditions of men and someone shows you actually Bible verses, your
0: tradition will actually overrule the word of God. And you're going to experience this in the next few months because there'll be many challenges that Bill and I and Mark will give you. And you will see us working on popping many of your your bubbles. You'll have bubbles that are popped during this Bible study time when we compare scriptures with, as we're seeing here, traditional beliefs. beliefs that were traditions handed down throughout each generation well that is what this particular verse is saying don't captivates be- us
1: yeah and don't allow it to captivate do not some of their traditions are their grace has a balance that's their tradition and if you buy into that with grace has a balance and you need someone to hold you accountable you can't just give a grace message, you have also have to put some accountability in there. Guess what? That's a tradition of men. And it goes against the next verse, which it says read the whole rather thing. than I'm gonna just read it again. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men and according to the elementary principles of the cosmos rather than according to Christ. Verse 9, for in him, all, how much, Steve? All, all. The fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. What about us? Mm -hmm. And in him, you have been made made complete. Complete. Same word as fullness. And he is the head over all rule and authority and elementary principal teachers. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Going back to, or if you allow yourself to be circumcised, you're right back into the uh, obeying the whole law. So he's saying you don't have to be allowed to be circumcised because you were circumcised. That's the right. The body of flesh, the one that... A circumcision made without hands. Absolutely by the circumcision that Christ did.
0: But one time we're going to have to do a podcast on that subject. Just it's one podcast on the subject of circumcision and what it means to the grace believer. It'll just absolutely blow your mind, but just make a mental note that we're going to do that subject in the near future. We'll have some cutting-edge thoughts. on circumcision. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> couldn't help it.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> according to the elementary principles. So, what? what's an elementary principle? That's Is, what we need to know. You know who gave the first elementary principles? Mm. God. Do you know that the law was actually the elementary principles?
0: That's true. Of that's the That's true. There's a sense in which that's true. And they were given
1: not to the Spirit, but to your flesh after the fall. Did the elementary principles make anyone better?
0: They did not. They failed. They were witnesses against themselves. That's why they're called in other
1: places, weak, beggarly, elementary principles. So they never strengthened anyone that lived by them. What they did do was point out that without the Spirit, you can't do what the elementary principles actually tell you to do so elementary principles of the cosmos are the abcs and they're the old covenant and they're also the new covenant when you mix law and grace grace, you're actually mixing elementary principles so here's what he's saying let's go back to it again See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men. These are men, man's teachings that are are built on the elementary principles and not
0: on Christ. Christ where they should be something that we'll have to address. Not on Christ has meaning. And they sound good. And you'll hear them a
1: lot on... You'll hear the old traveling pastor stories when he goes to a hotel. What does he do, Steve? Right, right. Goes right the to same, the front desk.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Tells him to turn off the HBO. You're Right, right. All these things are elementary principles of the world. We're, there's another one I was
0: thinking the, of, Things Steve. like do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Ideas like that. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Let's go to Colossians two twenty. Is it Steve? Yeah. Colossians two twenty. If you died with Christ, to the elementary principles of the world. That I. That if there, Steve. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Should the I E. Yeah. Sense. And it can mean sense. It doesn't necessarily. You could translate it as sense. You died because you did die. It's emphatically in Romans six in eight different places, that you died, right? Yes. It's a statement of fact. Since you died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the cosmos, do you submit yourselves to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body. You want to finish the rest of that thought, Steve?
0: But are of no No value value. Against, against fleshly, fleshly indulgences. indulgences. Those are the, what we are talking about, that word flesh, the desires of the flesh. In Romans, remember, it says the sinful passions which were aroused, aroused by, by your flesh
1: when you were under the law are at work in your body, bringing you, making you a prisoner of sin, sin and bringing about death or that feeling of
0: Naked and ashamed. There is a sense in which being ashamed is equated to death. It's one of the definitions of death. Webster's doesn't give you that definition, but throughout the Bible, there's a sense in which the Bible pictures death as that intense shame that you feel when you fall short of the glory of the kingdom of God.
1: It goes back to Genesis 3, Steve, when mm-hmm. when he says, Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good mm-hmm. and evil. You know what the tree of, what is the knowledge of good and evil? It is the elementary principles. It is. Of it the is. world, of the cosmos. Do not
0: taste, do not touch.
1: In that day, you will surely die. Now, did they physically die that day? No, they didn't. But they physically were ashamed. And... I like what God said to them. Mm-hmm. He said, when he came in the cool of the day mm-hmm. and asked Adam, where are you? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the word cool of the day is actually the same spirit. word, spirit. Yeah. Came in the spirit Mid of the day and said, where are you? And Adam said, I hid because I was afraid and I was exposed. And God said to Adam, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from that tree? What does the elementary principles make you aware
0: of, Steve? Yourself. Yourself. In your, your in- performance. And your inadequacies. And in ultimately, your inadequacies. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. And I'll the knowledge of ashore. sin
1: is death. And it feels like death. It feels like death. That's the feeling you get when you've live by the elementary principles so is it worth the trade-off well didn't yeah. steve just read they are of no value Zero. Zero against fleshly indulgence not only do they work not work steve they actually have the opposite effect because apart from elementary principles it says the sin nature is dead exactly exactly the point At rest. Yes, dormant. So he not only does he warn in Colossians about not being taken captive, but he tells you why. If this appeals to you as a good idea that put yourself under some elementary principles, he's saying why all the fullness of deity dwells in Christ and you have been given fullness in Christ because you're in Christ and he's in you. Everything that Christ has, you now have by your spirit in you that allows you to live perfectly the Christian life. The spirit has value. The elementary principles have no value. Even
0: though they appear to be wise, they've got the appearance. The pastors sound good when they're up there talking about a certain verb that you shouldn't do and all the reasons why you shouldn't do it, it, it all sounds just right. But as we're learning by revelation, we're learning a mystery which has been hidden throughout all the generations until Paul was ready to reveal it when he said what he's saying right now, that they have the appearance of wisdom, but they lack any value in restraining your sensual, your fleshly desires, the desires aroused by the flesh under the law that make you do what you don't want to do and don't do what you do want to do. And they war against the law of your mind. You said, I should do it. I shouldn't do it. I should do it. I shouldn't do it. You've all experienced that. You've all experienced that. That's nothing more than experiencing what these Bible verses are talking about. They're saying these elementary principles that have the appearance of wisdom don't restrain that. I should do it. I shouldn't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to. Oh, I've done it. I've done the wrong thing again. Here I go again. Now I feel naked and ashamed. Only the power of Christ has any value in restraining those desires. If by the Spirit you put the death, the deeds of the flesh, you You will live. live. Romans 8, 8, 12, 13, somewhere in there. If by the Spirit, if by the Spirit of Christ you do this you will blossom. And so what we're saying is
1: you're not going to find anywhere the first church of elementary principles. You're not going to find anywhere where it's the first church of legalism or law. Although I did see a bus that said Greater Mount Sinai Christian Fellowship as a church and there's an irony there, but Yeah, there is. Another there is. Time That's maybe. funny. <laughs> but you're not going to find anyone that says that they're a legalistic church they all claim grace churches what we're saying is see to it that no one takes you captive at a grace ministry and well-meaning people a lot of times too. see that they don't take you captive with these elementary principles if you start feeling the flesh kick in as a desire to do don't don't touch. Avoid this. What are some of the other ones, Steve? I don't want to pick on anyone. Yeah, but.
0: accountability partners and on and on the list goes through. Every every formula that you've ever heard preached from the pulpit has the appearance of wisdom. They all did, but they lack any value in restraining fleshly desire so throw them all away all those formulas that you ever counted on throw them all away and depend on Christ to get in the ring for you against the Hulk Hogan's of this world in other words let Christ do the battle the battle belongs to the Lord let him fight against the flesh and Satan who's got him captured and sin who springs to life and master's the human will let christ in you the hope of glory be the hope of winning that battle and you'll begin to blossom
1: christ is your hope of glory and he is really your only hope of glory Glory. amen so another one that comes to mind and i don't even see him anymore if all the fullness of deity dwells in christ and it does Mm -hmm. it says that in colossians 2 where we just were and that you have been made complete in Christ by His Spirit. Amen. That's good news. Then, you, then you don't. Then you have His Spirit in there. If you have His Spirit, you don't need a WWJD bracelet to live your life. You can take it off and toss it because it's of no value to restraining the. It's of no value to restraining the urges of your flesh and it actually is what makes you want
0: in other words the urges of your flesh it feeds it fuels the urges of your flesh the power of sin is is the law first First Corinthians, corinthians
1: 1556 yes good memory verse yes the power of sin, sin is, is the in law. law. When you
0: put yourself under the law, you are Your giving strength s- sin strength. Right, Bill.
1: And it, he said, I, w- I wouldn't have known what sin was if not for the law. But when the commandment came, sin, sin when the elementary principle came, when the make sure you do this and not do that came, what sprang to life? Sin. Sin. But apart from law, apart from elementary principles, sin is what?
0: Dormant. 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 You don't have a problem with it. You don't have to have a problem with it, right? Because you you can keep it dormant by depending on Christ. This This is what we're trying to get
1: you to see, that Christ in
0: him, all the fullness of deity dwells.
1: And in him, you've been given fullness. Yes. You have everything you need through the ministry of God's Holy Spirit in you. You don't need any side tools like WWJD bracelets, like the, the five things you don't do when you're out away from your wife and staying in a motel you don't need any of those. And they Sam actually will anyway. ship. Ra- yeah, they, they do. Okay, so I've said all that, and I've repeated that. And I've said all that to say this. Do you happen to know Hebrews 6, 12, Steve?
0: Yes. It's talking to the Hebrews who have just had a big dose of revelation. And it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, teachers of of this way of life in Christ Jesus that Paul taught everywhere in every church. We're talking about the new covenant. You ought to be teachers of this new covenant. Grace teachers. Grace teachers. By this time, you ought to be teachers. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, you have come to need milk, not solid food, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant, but solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have trained their senses to discern evil from good, which Someday has to be unpacked, because that's a powerful phrase right there. Have discerned evil from good. By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need, again, for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, you need milk. Let's just, like I said, unpack this part first. Yeah, good point. Solid food is for
1: the mature. The mature... In context, is someone who's moved away from the elementary principle. Exactly. But they've learned to train their senses to discern good and evil. Now, what are their senses, Steve? Do you know that that's actually the spirit? They've learned to walk by the spirit, which are all senses, love, sense, joy, peace, patience. It's all being led by their spirit, and these people have learned that they're not going to live their life by rules and regulations and elementary principles, but they're going to depend on the Spirit of God inside of them to guide every aspect of their life. And there's a freedom in that. So the writer of Hebrews 5.12 is saying that you spent enough time in ministry that not only should you not be going back to the elementary principles, you've actually spent enough time to be teachers of that. You've spent enough time so you should be doing the warning. Make sure no one takes you captive by empty and hollow philosophy that depend on the traditions of men and based on the elementary principles of the world. And we're saying. If you have a church called First Grace Church of Kalamazoo, Texas, you ought to not be teaching elementary principles of the world, but you ought to be teaching the pure grace. And if you don't understand yet how elementary principles wreck the grace message, then you need to go back and learn them all over again and learn their purpose. Because their purpose was not to make you a better person. Their purpose was to point out the flaws and inadequacies you have in your flesh, in your human effort, so that you cry out, who will rescue me from this body of death? That was the purpose of the elementary principles, to show you that they don't work because your flesh is incompatible with the elementary principles of the world, because Paul said the law is spiritual. It is not fleshly. It is spiritual, and he says, I am of flesh but I am of flesh. I am of flesh. And it's the elementary principles that point this out to you, your incompatibility with a spiritual law. But there is perfect compatibility with the Spirit of God inside of you. That's the point of learning the elementary principles. And that's the purpose of Guardians of Grace ministry guardians of grace podcast and we hope to turn it into more than just a podcast we want a bunch of grace friends out there yeah unite together to encourage one another on
0: that's where we want to come into contact with you each and every one of you out there we want to minister to you number one and know we want to know your needs But we want you to be part of us, and and we don't mind if you're you're even helping us. We we need artists and sound effect technicians and web designers and web linkers and socializers and all that stuff that I don't know anything about. We need Facebook and Twitter experts. It's more than just Bill and I up here speaking in two microphones. That doesn't get the job done. There's plenty of room for, for people to help, and we want to get this grace message off the ground. We want it to be a worldwide grace meeting place, like on Facebook or something, and iron can sharpen iron, and people can help each other grow in grace. We, we want it to be a worldwide group of guardians that spread what amounts to the Second Covenant. They, they spread the gospel of the Second Covenant. They help spread words that break chains of legalism. And we we can give you those words. We, we want you to be out there doing it. We want you to invite your friends to listen. In- invite them to be a part of our movement here because by the grace of God, we want to someday create a movement or, or, or something to that effect that is equal to the Martin Luther King movement, or Martin Luther movement, where... Both guys. Yeah, yeah, both guys did some great movements, but the Martin Luther movement, where he, he said the man shall live by faith that turned out to really change Christianity a lot. And I think we can, that was only halfway, he brought us halfway there. I think we can learn this new way of life that Paul taught everywhere in every church, a way of life in Christ Jesus and not a way of life in human determination, but using the power of Christ to do for you what you can't do for yourself and to blossom in you and make you the Christian that's living the exemplary life. That is the goal for us at Guardians of Grace, to cause you to live the exemplary Christian life and do it effortlessly. That's what we here at Guardians of Grace are all about. So we appreciate all that you're doing, and we appreciate the fact that you're listening to us and it means a lot to us and we pray every day that you'll receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you can know these truths. We pray for you continually. But for tonight, we'll, we'll sign off for now, but we look forward to uh, loving on you guys in the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Be blessed.